everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, and getting your life back. I'm your host, Kevin Foss. Thank you all so much for joining me um, for this uh, for this episode, episode 111, 111. I don't know if that's lucky for anybody. I don't know if it's unlucky for anybody. All I know is, is the one after 110. That's all I can take from that. So I hope everybody out there is, is doing well. Um, oh, I should say at the very beginning, for those of you who are new, um, this is a question and answer based podcast. If you would like your question a- answered on a future podcast, go over to fearcastpodcast.com, go to the submit a question link, and you can submit a question to me and I'll read it and likely put it up in a future episode. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because I, I think I say that about a lot of episodes, I think, that they're going to be a little bit different. They're all a little bit different anyways. So this one is going to be a question coming from Instagram. So if you go over to Instagram, I am Fearcast Podcast over there. Um, you can message me over there. You can also send me an audio question over there. And as, as I've mentioned before, if you record your voice for your question, I will put it up faster than the other ones. In fact, I will likely put it up or that next episode, um, provided it's not riddled with profanity or riddled with terrible racist stuff. And by the way, if it is, that might be part of your obsession, and I would love to hear it anyways. So weird examples, I know, but we're going for it. Um, it, it so this is a question from Instagram. So back to Instagram, you can send me a message over there. You can send me your audio message, and I would likely put it up faster on a future episode. Um, today's questions is going to be a, a message that Alex sent over. So um, Alex sent me some questions through uh, just direct messages, um, and uh, they gave me permission to uh, put these up in a future episode, and here we are doing them. So you can message me there. You can go over to uh, the podcast fearcastpodcast.com um, and uh, and send me those questions. So uh, I should also, again, uh, just thank you all so much for sending in those those questions. Uh, it, it really does mean a great deal to me that uh, people do message me questions, that people have listened, and uh, more importantly, that people are getting something out of this uh, episode, or not this episode, maybe this episode, um, out, out of the show. That's the entire point of, of having this podcast is so that uh, folks will be able to to, um, get something from it and be able to apply that to their life. So um, Alex just has a couple of questions, so we're going to zip in, in, into these uh, relatively quickly. Um, and they, they shouldn't be too long, but we'll see how much I can I can yammer on those. And I think we can all be surprised with how much I can yammer. All right, let me just adjust my desk. My goodness. All right. So their first question is, does symmetry always have to be symmetrical? I don't like things to be perfectly symmetrical. In fact, if things are perfectly symmetrical, I will make them asymmetrical, and I feel uncomfortable and anxious until I've done so. Is this just right, OCD? Um, Or they say, what kind of exposures uh, can I do for that? Uh, And they also go on to say, I feel like those compulsions are harder to overcome than other ones. Why is that? So, um, Alex, for this first question. So, um, so, well, I'll say to anybody else out there. So, symmetry is is one of those things that can sometimes, or an an obsession about a focus on symmetry and, and 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 balance 
can be a, a part of something called just right OCD. Just right OCD is yet another subtype of OCD that we've been talking about. Again, it, or it is it is all just anxiety. It's all just OCD. And um, the just right designation just more kind of gives a, a, a focus. It's kind of a shorthand for what types of obsessions are present, what types of compulsions are present, and the types of things that we're going to be talking about or that we're going to be focused on, the, the ways that it manifests. It, it again, it's just shorthand for all of us. It doesn't make just right OCD different. It just makes it OCD, and now we know what kind what we're, we're talking about, right? Like, let's say, you know, cars, right? We've seen cars all over the place, right? But if I just say, I have a car, that doesn't necessarily tell you what that car can do, how fast it is, its function. Um, you know, if I say it's a station wagon, well, that's going to be very different than a race car or a sports car or a dump truck, right? They're all different kinds of cars, but they are all still cars, regardless of if it goes, uh, you know, 200 miles an hour, or if it goes 50 miles an hour, right? So th that's kind of the, the, the point of, um, of the subtypes. So, um, so to this question, um, so, the, so Alex wants things to be asymmetrical. So things are symmetrical. So I think it, it, it typically when you talk to someone who has a, a symmetry focus or a balance focus uh, for just right OCD, generally speaking, a lot of folks will want things to be symmetrical. But you know what? There are other folks who want things to be asymmetrical, um, where as as evidenced by Alex. Um, so symmetry, I've also talked about balance. So there can be a concern about whether or not things visually looked balanced, whether weight-wise they're balanced, whether or not subject-wise they are balanced, um, whether or not it's... And, and it comes down to this just right feeling, right? There may not be an objective description or objective measure by which something is symmetrical or balanced or just right but it's it's really this heavy emphasis on the emotional components of it does this feel right and i need to adjust to this or move this over here and for whatever reason now it feels right and you know a, a lot of folks will be able to cite that it looks it it, it is it is more balanced and they might uh, again cite a very specific reason why it's balanced but two people can disagree on it again it goes back to this emotional element to it so um so is so um let's go if things are perfectly symmetrical i will make them asymmetrical um, and I feel uncomfortable and anxious. And they said, is, is this just right OCD? So Alex, it, it might be just right OCD. It might also be personal preference. So a, a lot more questioning would have to go into this to, to help decipher this. So there is, so it, it, it kind of highlights the differences between OCD and OCPD. And I'm certainly not diagnosing you with this, Alex, but um, one of the differences is that, you know, with, with OCD, there's often a, a very, very commonly a, a story that is at play. So it's this if-then sort of story, right? If things are out of order, or if things are asymmetrical, then this will happen. Or if things are imbalanced, um, then uh, then this effect will, will occur. With OCPD, so it's Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder, that's more along the lines of someone who just thinks it ought to be this way. Why would it be any other way? So things ought to be symmetrical. 
some folks will describe with OCPD a, a sense of discomfort. They'll say anxiety or like this nervousness. Or again, if there's this emotional component, there's also a cognitive component where they, they, they have a, a, a very fixed mindset of the way that it, it should be. Um, and and, and with that, then, it, it comes with a lot more obligation on other people. It can be obligation on oneself. So, you know, going out of one's way to make it just right. going uh, uh, Putting themselves out there, expending a ton of energy to do it or to, to make it complete, whatever that might look like. Oftentimes... It is more of a problem, the OCPD is more of a problem for loved ones and people around them, coworkers, family members, etc., than it is for the person themselves. Because the person themselves with this requirement is, is putting this out on other people that they need to accommodate. And why wouldn't you accommodate? It's the way it ought to be, don't you know? Right. Whereas with OCD, there's this element of, I know this doesn't make sense. This doesn't, f this, this, other people have it, you know, have it this other way. They set it up asymmetrical. They set it up symmetrically. It can be this other way, but oh man, I can't explain why it just, it just, it, it needs to be this way. And there is an anxiety and a nervousness and discomfort. But sometimes that fear is if I don't put it right, I'm just going to feel uncomfortable forever. Or there can be that feared story. If it's not set right, something bad will happen. I've worked with folks where they've, it's kind of a, like a butterfly effect element. And this is not for everybody, but for some, um, where it's like if things are out of order, it's going to affect events onward. So there's a superstitious element to that. So they make it just right in order to prevent this thing. Now, you could say that fits under maybe harm OCD, maybe hyper-responsibility focus, right? But again, this is where the subtypes start to become strained, uh, is that, you know, how do we fit it under it? Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It ultimately doesn't really matter. Anyways, we can talk about that at another time. So, so is this, is this um, just right OCD? Well, Alex, I think that's a question that you're going to have to answer. What is the function of this? Is this just, you just like things asymmetrical? You like it being, I mean, is it that you like it being funky and different and asymmetrical? You might just prefer it that way. Now, there, there might be, and it might cause you maybe some distress that you have to have it that way, or that you just really like it that way. Or are you making it asymmetrical in order to prevent something or in order to get it to this right feeling? Otherwise, X might happen, right? You might feel bad forever. Some catastrophe might occur. Um, so, some, some, some disaster or superstition may, may befall you or those around you. So those would be the elements to consider in this. So I, I really have a tough time um, stating whether or not definitively it is one or the other, but that would be those would be some elements to consider. Um, so you said, why? Uh, what are some exposures I can do with that? Well, practice, practice making things wrong, living with a wrongness, and acknowledging that it feels wrong, and that's okay. So if it, if it's if it's symmetrical. Leave it symmetrical. Notice it's symmetrical. Be present with the symmetry. Acknowledge that all right, you might not like it. It might make you feel a certain way, but that's all right. The image that's coming to mind for me right now is, is an art gallery. I don't know why. Well, I could make up a reason why. But, you know, if you think about walking through a big art gallery, there's going to be a lot of art that we like. And boy, there's going to be some art that we don't like. Art is very, very subjective. You walk by a piece of art, you see it. It strikes you in a certain way. 
sometimes we can identify why it is that it strikes us a certain way, and other times we simply can't. So we acknowledge that it makes us feel a certain way. And then you know what you can do? Resist the urge to get into explaining it or changing it. Allow it to feel weird, and then move on. Or leave it be. Move it on and leave it be, as a matter of fact. But the, the point is that to, to not expend any excessive energy over something that ultimately has no impact on you or isn't, isn't objectively dangerous or incorrect. I know that's going to be a trigger for some people for me to say those words. Um, but if it's just that it, it feels weird, let it feel weird. But also don't actively and intentionally lend all of your energies to it. So you, you then said, well, I, I feel that those compulsions are harder to overcome than my other ones. So that may speak more towards OCPD or may also just speak to you just like it that way. Sometimes we just like things a certain way and it's not that it's a problem. Right. So, um, uh, you know, th things that are problems are problems. I know it's a dumb way to say it, but if it's not ultimately causing you a significant amount of problems or strife or difficulty or time, you know, if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. If it's not a problem that we that is causing other people strife or stress, we may not need to change it. You may just be someone who likes things asymmetrical. So if you are able to, in a reasonable fashion, have things asymmetrical because you prefer it that way, great. No one's going to stop you, probably. But if you're expecting other people to make things asymmetrical, if you are demanding it of other people, if you, if you are struggling with things being asymmetrical and it's overwhelming you, that may be something to then look at. And, and I would encourage you to look more into acceptance on that. It's kind of like I talked about with the, uh, the, the art gallery example. Um, and, and learning to make space for that, that asymmetrical discomfort, or the, the symmetrical discomfort. People like it different. So, um, so I, I hope that helps or kind of provides a little bit of direction. So I'll shift into the next question. They said... Um, I, I find it interesting, you, you needed to qualify this. You said, genuine question. Do you think grieving can be compulsive? They said, as in, grieving the worst case scenario as if it has happened or as a form of self-punishment. So, Alex, I think this is kind of an interesting th thing. So, um, do I think it can be compulsive? Of course, anything can be compulsive. The question is always going to be, well, what is the function that it's doing for you? What are you getting out of it? And what are you hoping to do with that rumination or with that excessive grieving as you're talking about? So sometimes people can get, so sometimes people can get caught in grieving. We feel sad when we think about sad things. If you feel sad when you think about sad things or potential sad things, that's kind of normal. We should feel sad. We've, we are thinking about a sad thing. That's all right. I would encourage you not to judge yourself if you, are think, if you are getting emotional or getting reactive when you think about something that is sad. So, it's human. It makes you human. When I, when I think about terrible, catastrophic things happening to people I love, I feel sad. And it's... It, 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 for me, it can help... It can help solidify, emphasize that I do care about those people. Now, if you are thinking about them and you're 
putting yourself in that position, effortfully putting yourself in that place so that you can you can find proof that you love those people. Or you find proof that you have feelings towards those people. Or find um, confirmation that you would feel sad in this event. That, that does smack a little bit of, of compulsive in the sense that if you're intentionally thinking about it to elicit a feeling, that might be more compulsive. You know, I, I'll, I'll say that in a more conf confirmatory way. Yeah, that sounds compulsive. If you are intentionally thinking about something for the purpose of reassurance or eliminating a feeling or neutralizing um, or avoiding for that matter. But in this sense, it doesn't sound like you're necessarily avoiding unless the avoidance. Anyways, if you're doing it for some of those reasons, then yes, I would say it is it is compulsive. Um I suppose the question then can always be, well, what, what do you do about that? Well, actually, the next part is, well, uh, grieving the worst case scenario as if it happened or as a form of self-punishment. So that's interesting, Alex. If it's self-punishment, what is the purpose of punishment? Did you do something wrong that, you, that needs punishing? Do you feel that you are bad, therefore need to be punished? What is the purpose of punishing? Now, are you coming to the conclusion, well, I must be punishing myself for something? I'm thinking about this a lot. I'm ruminating about it. Well, I must be punishing because punishing is bad. Or punishment makes one feel bad. I am feeling bad thinking about this. Well, therefore, I must be punishing myself for this. You can see where this could lead into another obsession. Well, why am I punishing myself? I haven't done anything wrong. What have I done? What should I do about this? How do I fix this? How do I stop punishing myself? What will happen if I continue to punish myself? You see where this goes. Only you can answer this question if you are, if you are doing this for self-punishment. If that is the case, I'd encourage you to chat with a therapist about this to consider, well, what is the, what are you punishing yourself for? What happens if you let yourself off the hook for this? If you catch yourself about to punish or, or are self-punishing, catch yourself doing it. Think about what would it mean for me to stop? What would I not get if I resisted this? What will happen to me or to my loved ones or to the future if I don't continue this process and I shift over and think about happy thoughts or think about my dog or cat or elephant, whatever animal you have, what will happen to this if this happens? That will start to illuminate maybe some of that feared story or maybe some of that feared consequence that you need to address and need to accept as, as uncertainty, right? But I will say what one thing that is happening, it sounds like you are engaged with your imagination. Now, your imagination is going to be endless with, with our fears, right? It's going to be endless. But, and so therefore, with the, the scenarios about the worst case scenario, you, scenarios about the worst, anyways, you get the idea. It's, if you're engaging with that, catch yourself spinning. Step back from it. Point out to yourself, you are getting sucked into the cycle. You're already spinning within it, and you're thinking about things that haven't happened yet. And it can be helpful to then let, gently let go of it, gently let go of that active like grasping or that active manipulation of the thought, and instead refocus and anchor yourself back in the moment. Where am I now? What is happening now? 
You can even practice that ACT approach of, of recognizing or noticing that you're thinking. I'm noticing I am pre-morning. I call it pre-morning is kind of that, 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 that grieving thing that you're talking about. Grieving the worst case scenario as, it is, as if it's happened. Pre-morning at event. Right? Like my brain will sometimes get get caught up with the thoughts of you know loved ones loved ones dying or terrible things like that happening. I, I don't like that idea, and yet sometimes my brain goes there. I don't love it, but it's there. Anyways, catch yourself and then wrench yourself back to the present. What is presently happening? What do I see? What do I smell? What's around me? What does my clothes feel like in my body? What does the temperature feel like? You could also, again, reflect back on the thoughts. I have the thought that I'm noticing my feelings. I have the thought, I'm noticing I'm having the thought that I'm having a lot of thoughts. I'm noticing that I'm stammering and I'm, and I'm noticing the thought that I'm wondering what you, the listeners are thinking about as I'm stammering through this. Right. All of that is happening right now. What y'all are going to think about this, I have no idea. Right. But I'm going to let go of that because I can't know. And I'll never know unless you tell me, but I'll never know. So, Alex, you can wrench yourself back to the moment and anchor yourself, drop anchor, as they say, into what is presently happening. Is it another conversation? Is it a TV show? Is it driving to work? Is it something in school, etc.? But then gently let go of that morning process and acknowledge that, you know what, sometimes you think about stuff. So I, I've, I've given you a lot of things to think about with, um, with the morning thing and whether or not it is compulsive or not, how it might be compulsive versus not compulsive. So, uh, and then so what are some things to then do about that? So, I, Alex, I hope this has been helpful. I, I, you know what? I think we're just going to cut the episode a little short here today. I, I wanted to just answer Alex's questions and then uh, and then move on. So, uh, everybody, I hope, again, you guys are doing well. I'll say this. If you guys like the podcast, um, go over to uh, iTunes or Spotify or um, Google Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts and, and write a review give it five stars or whatever it else that, that it is uh, on the platform that you use. It, all it does is it helps other people to find the podcast. It helps in the rankings so people do see it. And the more questions or the more listeners we equal likely, the more questions we get and the more podcasts there, there will be. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, I keep getting questions and I'm going to keep running this until I stop getting questions. So, uh, so that's, that's where, again, I feel privileged that I, um, that I can be part of your recovery story and that you'd be listening to this and that you'd be sending in questions so alex thank you so much for this to that end um everybody I, I i got this question i got these questions from alex because i specifically put up the request for for non um uh, socd or hyper awareness uh ocd or pocd uh, uh questions i get a lot of those and I, I love those questions of course i'm going to talk about those but i love some of them some of the broader ones i haven't really heard any contamination ones um, um, the the uh, 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 these these questions about about symmetry and just right. I'd love to hear more of those. You know, I would love to hear more questions about scrupulosity, uh, moral or religious or otherwise. So, um, if you have, or you know what, let's even back away from that. If you have social anxiety questions, if you have generalized anxiety, man, you're worried about work, about money, about about uh, about health. 
I'd love to hear those existential OCD questions. I know I just jumped right back into OCD. But what I would love is to have a broad range of types of questions. So if you have questions, I would love to hear them. Go over to fearcastpodcast.com. You can send me a message over there. And of course, you can go over to Instagram. I'm fearcastpodcast over there. Hop on over there. Follow me. Send me a message. And um, uh, and, and I'd be more than happy to put it up on a future episode. So everybody, please remember that the Fearcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about treatment, go over to fearcastpodcast.com and click on the Find Help link. And there'll be some stuff there that might be a little bit of helpful help for you. Um, uh, but until next time, everybody, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.